0: Jurassic Park. One minute time. I'm Brad. And And today we're here to discuss minute sixty of Lost World. Dave, we are at the halfway point. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: I had a look. I had a look forward, and uh, by the time we get to the two-hour mark, we are in credits. So that'll depend when we get to there, uh, how much extra we want to talk during the credits. Um, go through and have a look at some of the production. Who who done what? And uh, although we pretty much cover that when it comes up in the minute itself, but yeah. Um, we can work out what happens when we get there. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Now, we were going to talk about uh, Trespasser. We we're going to finally get to that this week. But, um, yeah, we were going to do Trespasser this week, but because um, I got in touch with uh, Sam, Jack, and Tim over at the Jurassic Cast podcast and um, got their permission to play their uh, audio from their Richard Schiff interview that we'll get to in a minute we're going to go straight into that. So if you have any feedback or any um, anything on Trespasser you want to talk about, um, you can send it in. There'll be feedback for next week, and we'll talk about that then uh, in minute 61.
3: Dr Malcolm, downstairs.
0: Until then, uh, Dave, you want to get straight into 60?
1: Sure. All right. As we ended minute 59 of Lost World, Eddie had found a rope from the M-Class and was starting to secure it under a tree stump, a lifeline for his friends. Stuck in the dangling trailer. As we start, minute 60, he climbs back through the front windscreen of the trailer, carrying the rope with him. He reaches the rear section of the trailer and the accordion connector and throws the bundle of rope down past his friends. At 59 minutes and 24 seconds, as Ian grabs the rope, he yells up to Eddie, Did you tie this, anything At 59 minutes and 28 seconds, the trailer begins to slide with a large snap. And they start yelling up to Eddie, We're sliding! At 59 minutes and 33 seconds Eddie emerges from the front of the trailer as we get a look at it slowly sliding backwards in the mud. Stricken with a moment of panic Eddie turns and runs back towards the front of the M class. At 59 minutes and 40 seconds he starts unspooling the winch. We cut back inside the trailer as Ian helps Sarah start to climb the rope. He says up, up you go. 59 minutes and 55 seconds Eddie runs to the front of the trailer carrying the hook from the winch in his hands but as he approaches He hasn't unspooled enough, and it pulls taut, and he slips over in the mud. 59 minutes and 58 seconds, he looks up at the front of the trailer, slowly sliding away from him. And as we hit the 60-minute mark, we cut back to the rope around the tree stump as it's come loose. And this ends minute 60, and the halfway point of the Lost World.
0: We ended off before, or minute 59, with uh, Eddie tying the rope around the tree, but... um. It wasn't really tying around. The rope appears to have a carabiner actually tied to the end of it. And he just sort of loops it around and clips it on itself. I always sort of got a bit of a mirrored mirrored thing here with uh, Dennis tying the winch around the tree trunk as well, around the tree mm-hmm. from Jurassic Park. Um, just more competently done. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: He runs over to the front of the trailer and throws the rope inside. hmm And it's also noticeable here for the first time that the side section, the expendable section on the side of the trailer, is... It's out. I don't know if it's all the way out. No, um, uh, it
2: looks like it's only partially out.
0: Yeah, which I makes. I kind
2: of wondered if the uh, T-Rex knocked it when they were smashing up the trailers that if they if it kind of just knocked the hydraulics a bit and pushed it out.
0: Yeah, I know. I know from some some things more like your your landing legs and that. If you, they do have sort of a float mode or a free play mode
1: where mm-hmm. you
0: can sort of disable the hydraulics and just sort of use human force to pull it out but um, when the uh, when the guys went to find it to restore it to try and get that back in um, they had a lot of trouble so and also I wonder too when we get to the Richard Schiff stuff in a minute um, if that's possibly where the where the um, boom went through the side of the trail and had to extend it out just to uh, repair it
2: that's a possibility as well yeah
0: yeah, because that um, that side section, as we as he sort of walks through the um, the trail, we get a good look at what's actually in there. There's a little anchove mm-hmm. sort of straight up that possibly have another computer, a little research area, mm. and then we got the kit, the dining area, or the dining table there as well. That's sort of on that whole extendable part that goes out. We get a good look kitchen on the other side. We don't get to see the map again, but um, and we walk through the uh, the bunk beds in the rear and um, mm-hmm. he sort of... He arrives at the connector at the back and uh, throws the rope down to the guys below. And as we're saying, it's just a... It's a long... Um, a long crane shot from when he sort yeah. of ties the rope off all the way in. And again, we'll post up some behind-the-scenes stuff this week. But um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: definitely go over... You can check out the, uh, the Jurassic Cast podcast interview with Richard Schiff. I think it's episode 20. And he sort of goes into this scene a lot more, but uh, just so everyone knows, or everyone's on the same page, I'll play a snippet from that interview here. Lindstrata air rifle. Fires a subsonic fluger impact delivery dart. Does it work any better than your satellite phone? That's funny.
3: But there's a story to that, to that bus. Because we were on that universe stage for many, many days, doing that whole sequence. Mm. And, um, it was, you know, was, remember the rain, it was always it raining. So, it was, so there were sprinklers on the set, pouring down this heavy rain. And uh, I had to uh, uh, pull up with the Jeep, um, tie it up, uh, uh, and then run onto the back of the bus, which had been uh, smashed open, jump up on the fender and run inside and find out what they needed and then go back and you know try to save them. That's when I got eaten. And. Um, uh, and there was one take where, you know, and yeah, that, that, that responsibility I had to not mess anything up because I didn't want them to have to go back and set it up again with all this time and all this money. And yeah. I, I felt that kind of responsibility. So one time I, I jumped up on the, uh, on the fender. It was just a normal little, tiny little fender that I had to negotiate to, to get my footing. And this one time I slipped. And of course, I tried to save the shot. So I jumped, I, I slipped down, I, I fell on one knee, I jumped back up and started climbing into the bus, just, just got in, and I heard screaming. I heard about 10 people screaming, and I just kept going with the action. I didn't know what was happening. And then I heard the sound, the horrid sound of metal breaking. Oh, God. Turn around, and okay. So I was being followed by a giant crane on wheels. I was pushed by like eight crew members. It was a heavy, heavy piece of mach- machinery, a big giant crane, so that it could, it could follow me all the way into the bus, so the crane had to be very long. And then, remotely, it would bend down over me to see them, Jeff Goldblum and Julian Moore, and Vanessa and Vince down there in the, in the trailer below. And so I, I had slipped tried to save shots so of camera guys kept going and then there was screaming, screaming, screaming. And they apparently they were about to hit the back of my head <laughs> it at the very last moment. Um, and because of the momentum of that crane that was on wheels being pushed by eight guys, there was no stopping it. And so it, it took out the whole right side of the bus. It literally just cut Right into the bus, about midway through the bus. Amazing. Stood there like in utter shock, um, and apparently, you know, the thing missed me by an inch. Um, well, that's what I get for being responsible and trying to save the shot. Uh, <laughs> I'm clocked. Um, and Stephen was a little pissed off at the uh, at the crew for, for for whatever you know the danger that was okay, that I was. A- yeah, but you uh, know we all
2: survived. I'll be back in five or six days.
1: No, you'll be back in five or six pieces. So
0: as as you he heard in there, um, it was just interesting. He sort of had this massive crane with eight guys pushing it, and yeah, being yeah. being sort of dedicated to his job and wanting the uh, scene to go ahead, even though he sort of stumbled a bit trying to climb into the front of the trailer. He still did, and um, causing the crane to sort of go off and through the side of the trailer and cause some damage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so as we said it's sort of it could be where that rear section is it could have been at the front well, I haven't seen any evidence of it in the behind the scenes photos anywhere so but it's it sort of goes to show too how dangerous it can be on set yeah
2: behind the scenes pictures that are um you can see it's this long crane probably like 20 feet long on a track in the middle of this that goes down the middle of the set all the way up the trailer hmm
0: yeah, and then mm-hmm. the camera's just remote on the end, so I can just do that little look down when it gets mm-hmm. to the end of the trailer. But, yeah, that was just just so he can do that long shot mm-hmm. after he ties the rope off and goes in through the windscreen and all the way at the rear of the trailer, which it's still one of my favourite shots in the whole film. Um, it just it just looks really good. But it's sort of... That episode 26 is a good one, too, because it's sort of coming out around the, uh, the anniversary. So... Um, there's a little bit of little bit of language at the start of it while they're doing the uh, the Lost World Q and A, um, where they sort of bring up that theory of Nick on the boat killing the crew, <laughs> and that's that's where I originally heard it. Um, and it's also it sort of sheds some more light on the earlier sabotages of Nick uh, that we haven't really talked about, giving Sarah a camera with only five photos left in it, and um, <laughs> pouring water on the fire instead of dirt. Um, so there are two instances where he's sabotaging everyone as well. It's just whether he's doing it on purpose or if he's just um, attracted to destruction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the uh, the interview with Richard starts at about the 43-minute mark um, in there. And um, there's some more stuff. He sort of ta- talks about working with the animatronic T-Rexes as well, which we'll get to in the uh, upcoming minutes. Um, mm-hmm. But the uh, the full... The full clip about the boom incident is at the one hour and ten minute mark, so the whole thing's worth a listen. But if you uh, want to just listen to that bit, it's there. But, but massive thank you to the guys for letting us letting us do this. It's definitely a great insight into uh, into sort of some of the stuff behind the scenes that was going on here. Back to the minute. Uh, Ian catches mm-hmm. the rope and asks Eddie if he tied it to anything <laughs> which <laughs> a couple of good tugs would probably lead to, but it's just continue that comedy again from him. Um, and then we get a, a loud snap, and mm. um, and the trailer begins to drop. Now, one thing I didn't mention when the trailer went over the cliff on the uh, pre-San Diego script, when it goes over, it actually lands on an, a tree that's growing out of the cliff's edge, and that's what's holding the trailer in place currently. Um, and it's only um, it's sort of it describes a visual of the roots starting to pull from the cliff, and that's. That's what causes the trail to begin to drop. Um, mm. It makes sense, so, too, if it's only being held there by the accordion connector, which
2: mm-hmm.
0: in the in the novel it was. Um, that thing's the only thing that's holding the two trails together as it's hanging, so if mm-hmm. it's got something else assisting it from uh, having all its weight on it.
2: Well, that also goes back to the um, first movie when we see the... Uh, for Explorer Chase, Alan Grant, and Tim down the tree, and it's just being not the only thing holding it up is the tree branches.
0: Yeah, yep, yep, exactly. Um, so yeah, they start to the rear. Trail starts to drop down, um, and then we get a great shot of uh, Eddie sort of looking over his shoulder grimly upwards as the mm-hmm. um, you can sort of hear the trailer groaning. And then we get another great shot, too, as he sort of, all of a sudden, he's back outside. He runs around from the front of the trailer, and we got a low-to-the-ground mm-hmm. shot of the uh, looking past the trailer tyres and the concerned faces it's sort of start to slide backwards in the mud.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you can see the uh, set trees behind him there, which are really well done, you know, of course.
0: Yeah, and you, you sort of post up some photos, some set photos. A week or so ago, and it's just—I it, just love how it almost looks like there's more greenery on the roof of the set than there is on the ground. <laughs> just with <laughs> all the gilly nets sort of up there, hiding lights and all the framework and that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but um, it's interesting here because you got um, the rear wheel spinning freely. Um, these these are sort of set up just like buses, where you got a lazy axle under them to hold weight, where there's no actually there's no drive train going to them. It's more weight management, being able to put more weight
1: mm-hmm.
0: on the vehicle, um, just to sort of spread out the the load a bit. But I did do a little bit of research here because it's sort of the way the front or the drive wheel sort of spins and kicks. It's like it's uh, uh, manual cars will do that if they sort of getting pushed against their will. and it's sort of it all depends on how the rear differential set up with that too. But um, I done a little bit of googling into the uh, parking setup for these trailers um, mm. and found out there's actually a, quite a serious issue with the automatic braking system on them that's uh, still present today. Now, they wouldn't be alluring this. The earliest um, report I found was from about 2002 or 2001, um, mm-hmm. which is probably when the forum started <laughs> about the trailer. So it's possible it existed before where the simply or the brake just wouldn't hold the vehicle in place or just wouldn't work at all. There's people on there saying they've been in gas stations where there's been a slight incline. They've gone, the automatic brakes have come on, they've gone to climb out, and the trail's rolled away on them. So (laughs) it's just interesting to read all that and then see sort of this trail just, it's got the weight of the the other trail hanging off the back, but it hasn't got the the ability to hold itself in place. It's just going to start sliding and (laughs) rolling backwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because that lazy axle would have brakes on it as well. It'd have braking as well as the front wheel, the front drive wheel as well. So it's just interesting because I was sort of going off um, possibly like some buses and even trucks now or semis that um, have the air braking where when you put that brake on, there's nothing that can get those brakes off except for uh, air you build up with the engine running, um, Mm -hmm. which would mean that, even the front, like the front wheels, are turning as well. So the brakes aren't on. <laughs> it's 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 in park, but there's no there's no braking applied to any of these wheels. So <laughs> it just I just wanted to look a bit deeper into it and see if there was an explanation, but I couldn't really find one. And it's also too I, I know once we get to um, what the aficionado and the the guys that own the trail now, it's it's definitely a menu, uh, automatic transmission, but. Um, manuals I know for manual transmissions they'll actually cause the engine to turn over if there's not enough compression there and um, yeah. sometimes sometimes just having a, a something a vehicle in gear isn't enough to hold it on an incline
2: um, yeah
0: but most most of the engines that I found of the uh, braking system leads to a cable a cable braking and an auto braking system in them and also I found that the, uh, the the 454 or the 460 big block and Ford engines were used in them, in those model trailers as well, which I just, it dumbfounds me. <laughs> An engine, engine that big when you can have a diesel in there that'd give it just as much grunt or torque anyway, but no wonder they're having trouble with the trailer now overheating. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, But, uh, Eddie runs over the M-Class and, um, starts pulling out the winch cable. Mm-hmm.
2: I like that shot they've given him before he runs there. He's just looking at, the. uh, at the trailer moving, and he's just shaking his hands like, oh, God, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Oh, the
0: winch! Yeah, yeah, it's just that, that... And see, he's sort of like, he's done comedy as well, so it's just that visual, um, Mm -hmm. and just sort of his, uh... Not mannerisms, what do you call it? Just the facial expression, and that of, oh, crap, okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. and it's sort of, it's ticking over in his head, what do I do? What do I do, as you said? And then, um, bing! (laughs) Like, like, winch. (laughs) <laughs> um, um, cut back inside the trailer and Ian helps Sarah start to climb the rope, which
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, put some knots in it or something. I, that rope would be so hard to climb. Um, oh, yeah,
2: especially because it's so thin.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it got wet. It was wet when it came out of the M class as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to get to what happens in a couple of them, or next minute. But um, just sliding down it too is. <laughs> Uh, they're all dead. <laughs> uh, but, um... And we get a cut back... We cut back a couple of times to the cliff's edge to show us just how close the rear wheels are from going over. Um,
2: yeah.
0: We get a few of them coming up, and it sort of hits my continuity anger a little bit when we sort of see repeated shots coming up. But, um... Eddie, Eddie winches out, pulls spools out the winch. Again, sort of reminisce to Nedry... Uh, ...in Jurassic Park and... ...but uh, he runs for the front of the bus... ...or the front of the trailer... ...only to come up short...
1: <laughs> ...and mm-hmm. falls
0: falls over in the mud... Um, ...and again just... ...sort of acting without saying anything... ...just sort of looking up at the trailer... ...as it's slowly creeping away from him... ...and still that, <laughs> that look of dread on his face... Um,
2: ...I do like the shot that we get here... Uh, ...before he runs with a winch... ...that we get of the... ...the low ground shot... ...from the ground... Like, is that? I mean, I know they're on the cliffside. Do I don't know if they're on like a scissor lift or that they're just laying down in the mud, suffering for their art.
0: <laughs> well, as we as we've seen from the uh, the behind the scenes stuff, there's two separate cliff scenes. There's... Um, because the trailers weren't on top of the parking structure. Yeah. Where that crane, we'll, we'll put the photos up. There's a there's one shot of the crane actually holding the trailers um, above the 40 foot. Um, parking structure that was for all the wire like hanging out of the trailer um mm-hmm. and all that then there was a separate separate area where it was probably a a 12 foot drop off where the rear trail is actually leaning against it just for the inside stuff and mm-hmm. um and again as I said I'm pretty sure there is a crane or one of those scissor lift type things on the set there somewhere um but just just so you can do sort of eddy on top and all the top stuff um as well, but um, yeah, and it's just sort of it shows too how much water's on set with it just sort of running off the edge of the, the cliff there,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and the puddles. But as he looks up and sees it sort of moving away from, him, we get a cut to the tree stump, sort of looking past the tree stump back at the trailer and mm-hmm. the uh, the rope attached there that's starting to move. <laughs> we don't see what it's doing this minute, but um, yeah, wet wet rope. Mm-hmm. Um, I and
2: think get like the shot that we get here also of the winch as he as Eddie runs away with it. The winch cable in the mud there. Yep. You can see uh, bits of pine needles, pine twigs, and it's really just a great continuity shot from back when they covered the parking lot of Patrick's Point up with just a bunch of pine
0: stuff. Yeah, well, it gave that whole area, that red tinge, um, when we talked about the, <laughs> that minute with the uh, setting up camp. Um just to sort of cover what you'd assume is the uh, the asphalt, um mm-hmm. parking area there, but it's just it's just great that they sort of carried it over here. Yes, it's night time and it's raining and muddy, but you've still got the pine needles
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, spread around on the ground. Yeah. Um, that's just about it for 60. Anything else, Dave? You want to add before we get out of here for the week?
2: Um, gonna again, gonna talk about the set. The close-up that we get of the rope um, slipping away here on the stump. Now, of course, they didn't use a real stump here. They probably used, like, something made out of, like, uh, some kind of hard foam. But it's really nice the way they did the the stump. It looks exactly like one from the actual redwoods, right down to the moss growing on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's not... There's no actual weight on that rope um, around the prop itself. All the rigging and all that was... Um, in the rear of the trailers or the front trailer they had all the um, Mm -hmm. rigging in there for the harnesses and that Um, for these couple of scenes anyway where you're inside um, when we get to uh, later them hanging out of the trail that's all done on the side of the car park but it's just yeah and it's just it's one of those things people have been making prop uh, just like this stump been making props like Mm -hmm. this for a hundred years and it's still something I can't go out and do (laughs) Uh, it's 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 one of those things like we've moved on so much over time like why you should be able to should be quite easy to go out and make a little steam engine it's uh something that was so technically advanced 100 years ago but now has sort of fallen away in the wayside but you'd think it'd be so easy to do with today's technology like hey siri build me a build oh don't turn on damn it Uh, <laughs> like I <it's, laughs> say, it flash, it's on silent, so I didn't get to hear it. But um, yeah, but like now you can sort of get a three um, D printed one, but I don't know if you get one to work. But it's just stuff like that's always fascinated me, and, and just how well set construction that is. And again, we keep on we keep on alluding to when we get to the worker village. We're probably gonna mm-hmm. we're probably gonna fudge it when we get there. But um, <laughs> it just I just love love all this set stuff.
1: Yeah,
2: me too. But then they have a steam engine. I mean, it's essentially a boiler attached to a piston attached to a, a couple axles. It's
0: fairly, fairly simple, you know? Yeah, yeah. From These set
2: pieces are fairly simple, but they're, they're also so intricately carved yeah. and done up and uh, touched up that you never question their, their authenticity.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, because I've got a couple of blocks of um, styrofoam here that I'll just love to carve. Mm-hmm. But then... If you add the wrong, if like if you use a um, uh, petroleum-based paint, it sort of eats into mm. the styrofoam. Just all that sort of stuff is just a headache waiting to happen. <laughs> you spend mm. all this time carving out something out of foam, only to have it dissolve because you've used the wrong paint on it. <laughs> <laughs> but even even just like adding moss effects to glass, stuff like that that we're going to get later. Just oh, I'd yeah. love, love to be able to do all that.
2: Mm-hmm. And the flex of mold against the uh, Westinghouse electrical yeah, yep. uh, switch, which is really good. I mean, it's just those little tiny details; they really bring this kind of these movies to life.
0: Yep. Plus the the specks of yellow in amongst it, just to give that sulfur, that little nod back to the novel, mm-hmm. and and it's all geothermal, geothermal runs. So you're gonna have sulfur, you're gonna have volcanic sort of activity there. But yeah. Anyway, we're stretching this minute out. <laughs> uh, All right, guys, let's get the hell out of here. Contact details are on the website, thelostworldminute.com. You can email feedback to thelostworldminute at gmail.com, Facebook, the Lost World Minutes. Twitter at the Lost World minute, and Instagram, the Lost World Minutes. Easy to remember. Yeah, yeah, very easy to remember. <laughs> uh, David, thank you for joining me for this recording. You're welcome. And uh, we'll be back. I've been Brad. I'm Dave. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Talk to you later. Bye.
2: It is absolutely imperative that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, life will find a way.